Part 7 of Manchester Poetry, edited by James Wheeler. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Reverend R. Parkinson. St. Beggar's Abbey. Lines written in a boat. St. Beggar's Abbey. Part 1st. Bright was the hour, on sea and on land, when St. Beggar left the Irish strand. The breeze was up, and the sun was high, and the clouds that freckled the azure sky gave a soothing repose to the splendours of noon, like the spots on the face of the modest moon. Each wave as it danced to the pebbled shore was tipped with a crest of foam-bells hoar, and played round the vessel as if in glee that borne on its bosom St. Bega should be. For she was one, by favouring heaven, to mortals in its bounty given, too fair for earth, too pure to dwell in aught save holy cave or cell. There the lone hours to watch and pray, to waste her loveliness away, and strive by penance and by pain to quell fond hopes and wishes vain. Then from dark cell to issue forth, to spread glad tidings through the north, and leave the world a name to move, the heart to worship and to love. She had listened with sorrow and grief to the tale that the faith in wild Cambria did falter and fail, that its nobles were tyrants throughout the land, cruel of heart and bloody of hand, striving the lordship in fury to gain, and shedding the blood of their vassals like rain, that the vassals were darkling and poor and proud, silent at matins, in cursing loud, plundering the sea and robbing the land, and such was the state of dark Cumberland. Her heart was moved at so sad a tale, she wept that the faith in the north should fail, and she sailed from green Erin with beadsman and monk to expel the dark cloud that o'er Cambria had sunk. Fair is the breeze as on her way the holy vessel glides, and laughing waves in gladness play are rippling round her sides. High on the poop St. Bega sings a solemn hymn of praise, while sea-mews droop their snowy wings as listening to her lays. Now the tall crest of man uprears his double front on high, and Cambria's distant shore appears, darkening the eastern sky. The sun sinks in the crimson west, the breeze no longer blows, and sea and air and sky at rest lie wrapped in calm repose. But who on earth may boast unchanging peace? Who can bid storm and rage for ever cease? The best and holiest are doomed to know that hours of bliss but herald hours of woe. Scarce had the sun the breast of ocean kissed, ere from its bosom rose a deadly mist. Winged with the wind and armed with lightning flame, full on that holy ship the tempest came. Then, as in fury rose the angry seas, sail, mast and cordage shivered in the breeze, and monk and sailor, quelled alike with fear, embraced with darling hand their mistress dear. She, all unmoved, and firm in holy faith, gazed with calm eye on that dark scene of death, 
wiped the dank sea-spray from her marble brow, and thus to thee, bright virgin, pledged her vow. Virgin fair and maiden mild, for the sake of thy sinless child, for the sake of Cambria's race, sunk in sorrow and disgrace, for the sake of her who goes to dissipate their sins and woes, grant thy votaress one request, lull this fiery storm to rest, and wherever my vessel first touches the land, to thy name and thy glory a temple shall stand. She spoke, and at once ceased the billow's commotion. There was silence in heaven, there was peace on the ocean. Part Second On the smooth bosom of the quiet sea, the gentle vessel cuts her sunny way. Fair is the breeze that bears her gallantly, and bright the sunbeams that around her play, while on the pillowed prow St. Bega lay, pouring to heaven her grateful hymn of praise, whose hand had chased the bitter storm away, preserving thus her life for brighter days, and nobler acts to claim the unborn poet's lays. Before her eyes in sunshine now the shores of England lay, tall Tomlin with his rocky brow, and Fleswick with its bay, and there, where the receding land leaves girdle brown of solid sand, and a small streamlet finds its way to ocean through a narrow bay, there, without aid of sail or oar, her gentle bark first touched the shore. It was the eve of a midsummer day, when St. Bega first gazed on the castle grey that frowns on the brink of the Ain's sweet river, built there by Demeskine to stand for ever, for he was the lord of the region around. His eye could not reach its utmost bound, and, look you to mountain or look you to sea, the land that you gaze on is mine, said he. With step of impatience and thought profound, he paced the dark ramparts of Egremond round. When his step was arrested, his thoughts disarrayed at the sight of a lovely and kneeling maid. The sea-spray still glistened amidst her dark hair. All pale was her forehead, her bosom was bare. Lord of the region round, she cried, with hands upraised, and eyes now fixed upon that baron's face, now gazing on the skies. List to my tale, from Erin's shores to England fair I came, to turn this land from paganry, Saint Bega is my name. As o'er the ocean broad I sailed, my bark was tempest-tossed, and but for holy mother's care, I surely had been lost. She heard my prayer, she heard my vow, that where my foot should land, even there to her eternal praise, a temple bright should stand. Do thou then, Lord of all this land, to me that spot resign, and for thy gracious charity, my prayers shall still be thine. She spoke, it would have made you mourn, your very heart it would have torn, to mark that baron's eye. Round and round he proudly gazed, his eyes with fiendish triumph blazed, his threatening hand to heaven he raised, and thus he made reply. I give my lovely lands to thee, thou wanderer of the main. Yes, small the boon thou seek'st of me, that boon thou shalt obtain. 
Tomorrow is midsummer day, we know. Sure time for frost and cold. And every rood that is covered with snow shall be thine to have and to hold. He spoke in scorn. The maiden then whispered one feeble word, Amen. The baron turned to his castle fair. The lady bent herself in prayer. It is not given to man to know another's bliss, another's woe. Each bosom has its own sharp pain, enough to suffer and sustain. Or you might picture well the smart that shot to that bold baron's heart, when gazing on the morrow's dawn, o'er hill and valley, wood and lawn. He marked the region, high and low, wrapped in a wondrous robe of snow. Deep wastdale's screes and crags so white were glittering in the morning light, and Ennerdale's tall pillar wore his winter coronet once more. The vale of lows was spotted o'er from rock to lake with patches hoar, and Preston's fertile isle was seen to shroud in white her summer green. The baron's haughty heart was riven, he saw revealed the hand of heaven, he stooped him to the stern decree, he humbly bent that maid before, and by the holy rood he swore, her will his only guide should be. So she built to the virgin, St. Bega's abbey, who her life from the sea had defended, and wherever the snow fell on midsummer day, there the rites of her chantry extended. Maiden, that now unseen, unknown, riding thy self-directed throne, hoverst around the scene where thou hast prayed thy prayer and vowed thy vow, still may thy hope and wish be crowned of spreading light and life around, still mid thine own time-hallowed ground may truth's pure messengers be found, with all the fiery love and zeal thy wild and fearless age could feel, with all the wisdom of our own, to make the gospel summons known. Then, though bereft of all the power and wealth that were its early dower, though ruined walls but ill proclaim the glories of its ancient fame, still shall thy hallowed fame be found, the watchlight of the region round, flinging its peaceful beams afar, till rising of the morning star. Lines written in a boat. Pull, pull, my boys, the stream runs fast, and favouring is the gale. And see, the setting sun has cast a shadow o'er the vale. Our course is rough, the way is long, the light is sinking fast. Pull, pull, my boys, your oars are strong, and favouring is the blast. How bounds the boat beneath each stroke, the labouring arm applies. How, by the dashing oars awoke, the air-blown bubble flies. How sweet, as on its watery wings, the steady pinnace glides, to listen to the stream that sings and ripples round its sides. Fast flies on either hand the bank, as down the stream we bound. How soon yon towering mountain sank beneath the swelling ground. See on that hillock's verdant brow, the sun's last radiance quiver. We turn this jutting point, and now 
the beam is gone for ever. So floats our life down time's rough stream, such is its constant motion, and bubbles on the land will gleam like bubbles on the ocean. Then pull, my boys, the stream runs fast, the sun's last beam is shining, and fix your steady anchor fast before the day's declining. End of part seven.